0: In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15, the Lord Jesus Christ tells a story that we now know as the prodigal son. But there is more to the story than the son who left home for a far country and later returned to his father. You see, the Lord Jesus was telling the story to a group of self-righteous Pharisees who felt that they were all right in God's sight and that God would be wrong in judging them for their sins because in their minds, their sins were relatively few in number. Yes, the prodigal son... He certainly needed forgiveness. But so did all the religious congregation. You see, they all needed a change of mind. They needed to look at reality the way God reveals it to us in his word. And so do we. An individual will only know his or her sins forgiven if they too have a change of mind about these things. If they see for themselves what God says they really are. We invite you to listen today as evangelist Mr. Larry Perkins takes up this universal problem very simply and clearly for us.
1: Some people might wonder why we read from the Bible at the beginning of each gospel message, and um, this is no ordinary book. This is the Word of God. God has not left us on this planet just to stumble around wondering what life's about, what is eternity about, what happens after we die. The amazing thing is, as I mentioned this on night, God wants to communicate with us. And, uh, the primary way he does it today is through his word. He's preserved it down through the years. We have it in our own language. Tremendous privilege. And, uh, one reason I got myself in so many, uh, so much trouble, you know, earlier in my life was I didn't read what God had to say. I wasn't interested. I thought the Bible was just another book. Never thought about it much, really. My friend, God loves us. He loves you. And he wants the best for you. He wants to take your sins away. He wants to give you a relationship with himself so you can be with him forever. And not only that, but he wants to help you through this life with all its difficulties. Life isn't easy. And to me, it's a tragedy to try to go through this world on your own, trying to solve your own problems, when all the time... God wants to help you. He wants to be a father to us. My father, my earthly father, died when he was 50. But I'm thankful I have a heavenly father. Somebody who cares for me and wants to guide me through all the pitfalls and difficulties of life. And he wants this for you. And I'll say this, no matter who you are tonight, he doesn't love me more than he loves you. No, he doesn't love our sin, but he loves us. And you know, one of the things the devil did to me, and I didn't even believe the devil existed, was he puts thoughts in our mind that God's way is restrictive and boring and going to ruin our lives. That's what I used to think when I thought about God at all. And of course, the devil also put the thoughts, you know, go his way. And he did this with, with Eve. You know, he paints God in a bad light and paints sin in a good light, and we go after it and find out that there's nothing there. Because he is a liar, he's the father of lies, the devil is. And it is impossible for God to lie. My friend, I am so glad that God's something I can depend on. And I know I'm going on here a bit at the first, but let me say this. I read a lot of books before I started reading the Bible. I looked into Eastern religions, Hinduism, Buddhism, Zen Buddhism, read all this stuff, but it didn't meet my need. Basically, what it was, is trying to get your head around God, get yourself to God. And when I started reading the Bible, as I've been saying on other nights so of 25, I was skeptical. Nothing else worked. I wasn't sure this was, but, you know, the lady that gave me the Bible was so kind to me, I thought the least I can do is, you know, read it. And much to my surprise, I found what I was looking for. I found who I needed, the Lord Jesus. My friend, that's who you need tonight. You need a Savior, somebody to take away your sin, somebody to satisfy that emptiness in your soul. He can change your life. He can save your eternity. My friend, don't miss out on this, or you'll be regretting it forever. Now, Luke chapter 15, verse 1. Then drew near unto him, unto the Lord Jesus, all the publicans and sinners, that's the tax collectors and sinners, for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes, now they would be the religious guys of the day, the Pharisees and scribes murmured, they were complaining, grumbling, saying, this man, the Lord Jesus, receives sinners and eats with them. Now, verse 1, why were these tax collectors and sinners, I take that as people maybe with a bad reputation, here they were, they wanted to listen to the Lord Jesus, But the religious people, the Pharisees and scribes, they were critical of the Lord Jesus. And they were critical because the Lord Jesus was willing to accept these tax gatherers and sinners. Tax collectors, most of them probably would be cheats, crooks. So I'm going to ask at the beginning, what kind of people does the Lord Jesus save? People like you? People that go to church on Sunday? The Lord realized these religious men, these Pharisees and scribes, had a problem with their thinking. You know, we can have wrong thoughts. And one thing the Bible does, it's, it can straighten out those thoughts. When we read the Bible, we see how God looks at things. And a lot of times it's very different from the way the world looks at things. Now, the Lord Jesus wanted to help these men, these Pharisees and scribes that we read about in verse 2, with their problem, with their wrong thinking. So in verse 3 it says, and he spoke this parable unto them. He told them a story. He's going to help them with their problem. Now, I'm not going to take time to read the whole story or parable. I'm just going to jump into the really the second part of it. Verse 11, and he, the Lord Jesus, said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, father, give me the portion of goods that follow to me, That is. The boy wanted his share of his dad's estate. And he, the father, divided unto them, the sons, his living. And now many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance, wasted what his father had given him with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine, to feed pigs. And he, the boy, would fain have filled his belly with a husk that the swine did eat. No man gave to him. Now notice verse 17, because to me, this whole story hinges on, on this statement. And when he came to himself, that is, he came to his senses. He's looking at things differently now. He's got a changed attitude. When he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. And I'm no more worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired servants. So, you know, the boy's thinking this, right? He's talking to himself here. Verse 20. And he arose and came to his father but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no more worthy to be called your son. I, I don't deserve to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. I'll tell you what a God we have. We see him pictured in this father and his acceptance of his son. The son didn't deserve the father's welcome. I mean, the boy blew it big time. I mean, have you ever heard of any kids wanting their parents' inheritance before they die? I haven't. It was gimme. Why did he say gimme? He wanted to do his own thing. He wasn't concerned about his dad and what his dad might want. He just, you know what? He just wanted to jump over the fence and do his own thing. And you know what? He's just like us. You say, well, I never, you know... Maybe you're thinking, you never lived like this boy did. Riotous living The King James has there. You know what the Bible says? All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. Now maybe this boy and people like me, we went a lot further in our sin. God says there's no difference for all of sin that comes short of the glory of God. My friend, we've all blown it. We all have a problem. It's our sin, and it separates us from God. And these Pharisees and scribes that we read about in verse 2, see, their problem was they never saw their need of the Lord Jesus. The best of us, the worst of us, is sin. Have you ever found that out? It took me 25 years to find out how God saw me. It took me 25 years to find out that because of my sin, I deserve to be in hell, not heaven took me 25 years to find out I was helpless to get myself one inch closer to heaven, let alone get there all the way. took me 25 years to see my need of the Lord Jesus to do for me what I couldn't do for myself. My friend, this is why the publicans and sinners were listening to the Lord Jesus. They saw their need. They knew they had a problem. They knew they were guilty. And many of them put their trust in Christ. But the Pharisees, the scribes, They were trusting in their own righteousness, just like so many of us. So instead of seeing their need of Christ, they were critical. My friend, you need to have your sin forgiven. Well, this boy thought he had it made. He thought he knew what was going to make him happy. So he's got all his money, and he just wants to get as far away from his dad as he can. So at first he probably thought he was having a good time. But his party ended just like every party has to. And we read there was a big famine in that country. His money ran out. And likely when his money ran out, his friends ran out. And now he's in want. He is empty. And sooner or later, everyone comes to a point where they have needs that they cannot meet themselves. Now, for some people, it may be in a hospital. Some people it might be in jail. Some people in old folks' home. But sooner or later, you will come to a point where you have needs that you cannot meet yourself. My friend, God wants to meet your greatest need of all, the need to have your sins forgiven and to come into a right relationship with the God of heaven. Now, what about this boy? Do you think he deserves to have his sins forgiven? Well, these Pharisees and scribes wouldn't have thought so. They thought it was good people that uh, maybe were going to be in heaven. Any good people here tonight? I mean good in the sense of 100%. Because that's the standard. If you're going to get to heaven by being good, here's what it is, 100%. Because there's no sin in heaven. God is perfect. That's where God is. And my friend, anybody that's going to be in heaven has to have all their sin taken away. Is there anything you can do to take all your sin away? And this is why the Lord Jesus came into the world. Well, the boy tried to do something to. Help his situation. There he is, empty. His money's run out. It says he began to be in want, so he tries to get a job to help the situation, and it doesn't work. And it's like many of us when we realize we're not perfect, and you know we're going to have to meet God one day, and maybe we better clean up our act. So we try to do this, try to do that, and now you know a lot of things might be good to as far as our lives here on earth are concerned. Good to stop being an alcoholic, for example, or maybe give up other habits, but it doesn't take sin away. But then in verse 17, we read these tremendous words. The time came when the boy, it says, when he came to himself. He came to his senses. He realized his father is right and he's wrong. As he's thinking, you know, he's thinking, you know, the guys that work for my dad, they've got more than enough to eat. He says I perish with hunger. I'm perishing. And he's saying, "No, I'm going to go back to my dad and I'm going to tell him, I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. I've sinned. See, the boy has a different attitude now than when he left his dad's house with all his money. But he realized it's empty there. And my friend, you're empty if you've never come into a right relationship with God. See, God is waiting for us to take our places guilty, like this boy. This is a classic example of what the Bible calls repentance. It's a change of attitude. And later on he's going to say, I'm not worthy to be called your son. Not worthy. He's not on some high horse now. He's taken the the low place. You know, the boy said he was going to go back to his dad and say, I'm not worthy. You know, sometimes we ask people, if God gave you what you deserve, do you deserve to be in heaven or hell? And many people say, well, you know, I'm not perfect, but I'm not sure I deserve to be in hell. I'm not sure I deserve to be in heaven. You know, they're on the fence somewhere. My friend, can I say this kindly? And I've said it already. There's not one of us here that are worthy to be in heaven. Not one of us. Whoever the best of us happens to be. Because we've sinned. And if we went to heaven the way we are, we'd pollute, we'd contaminate heaven. We're not worthy. This is why we need a Savior. Now, the scribes and the Pharisees, these religious people, they thought that because of the religion, they were worthy to be accepted by God. But I love the ending of this story. To me, it's so touching. So here's the boy. His clothes are all dirty. Maybe he smells like he's been feeding pigs, right? So he's coming back to his father. If I was the boy, I'd be wondering what my dad's going to say to me. Or he, if he will say anything. The boy doesn't get to the front door. He doesn't get to the end of the driveway. A great way off, his father saw him. Why? You know what I think? I think the father's been looking down that road ever since that boy left, waiting for him to come back. And I want to tell you, my friend, he's waiting for you to come back tonight. God loves you no matter how you've strayed, no matter what you've done. This boy blew it big time. Maybe you have too. The father just didn't see him. But we read he had compassion. His heart went out to the boy. And he ran, not just walked. King James says he fell on his neck and kissed him. I mean, he gave him a big hug. And he kissed him. What a welcome. My friend, this is the welcome God gives to sinners. This is the welcome the Lord Jesus gives to those who see their need of him in all their filthiness of sin. And, you know, the boy, he starts to say what he was going to, you know, I'm not worthy, and I've sinned, and he doesn't even get everything out. It's like his father says, okay, enough. (laughs) And he tells his servants, give the boy the best. My son was dead. As far as the father was concerned, his boy was, was dead. But he says he's alive again. He was lost. And he's found. My friend, we're spiritually dead because of our sin. We're lost. We can't get ourselves to heaven. I'm glad the Lord Jesus came into the world to save sinners. My friend, this may be the last time you'll ever hear the gospel. God is giving you an opportunity to get right with God, to come as a sinner, and receive the welcome that God has for somebody just like you.
0: Yes, my friend, just like the prodigal in the story, the Father in Heaven is looking for you to change your mind and come to Him. He's waiting to welcome you. We can't do anything to merit God's favor. We're all sinners. We have all gone our own way, but God in His grace has done something about it. He has sent His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to bear our sins on the cross. Yes, the work is done. So, go on with a self-righteous attitude no longer. Change your mind. Change your mind and agree with God about your need, and then agree with Him about the remedy. If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by believers in Christ who are meeting at various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday as well as other meetings such as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken and a very warm welcome awaits you. If you've been challenged by today's message and would like to know more about the truth of the gospel or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles,